Hello everyone, my name is Cliff Duvinois, and after 20 years I've returned to my native Michigan and in my quest to reconnect with our great state, I want to talk to the leaders that are behind Michigan's top destinations. I'm going to learn more about them and the great experiences they and their team provide all of us Michiganders, and perhaps I'll learn a few things along the way. Welcome to the Call of Leadership podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name is Cliff Dua, and today we're talking to the president and CEO of Main Street Ventures Restaurant Group, who happens to own probably one of my top three favorite restaurants in the state of Michigan. That's a real seafood company. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. Kevin Gadego. Kevin, how are you? Doing very well today. Thank you. Great. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up? You know, I, I am initially from the East Coast, just outside of Boston in Newton, Massachusetts. Grew up there, went off to college, and kind of never looked back. I got in the restaurant business uh, at an early age, was a, was a caddy on a golf course, and then moved into the, into the clubhouse in the winters and found I had a liking for it and stuck with it. Uh, you know, once after college, I just really hit the road, and I lived in 13 different states, uh, all restaurant-related, you know, in the earlier days of casual dining when it when it was it kind of moved every year or 18 months so and they were from miami to to la to dallas and uh, chicago and multiple places in between uh, well, finally settled here a few years ago what was it about the restaurant uh, business industry vertical that attracted you to it you know i think that that it added a lot of the elements that i really found interesting it's not certainly not what i went to school for but i think that having every day be a challenge and, and getting a, a scorecard at the end of every shift, at the end of every day, really was something that attracted me to the business. So it, uh, and, and that, you know, it, it being able to help people in a number of different ways, we, we certainly look at it, I'm sure it'll come up as we talk more today that, you know, I think that the restaurant business has evolved over feed, over the years from feeding people to entertaining people. Certainly the way that we look at it now and, that just kind of fit with my personality and what I was uh, doing and thinking about at the time. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because I think that from a restaurant perspective, the, the vernacular that I'm hearing more and more as I talk to restaurant owners, it's not so much about, like you said, just feeding people. It's about, it's about the dining experience. And that's a term that I'm hearing a lot more from restaurant tours is that word experience. Yeah, we, we just changed our, our mission statement here uh, going back uh, a month or so ago to, to really de define that a little bit more. We didn't change it a great deal, but you know, before we talked about having memorable dining experiences and creative and distinctive restaurants. And I think that right now it's just having a memorable experience. It, it doesn't always revolve around dining. Uh, certainly there's, there's a cocktail side of that as we've, we've seen explode around the country. But just in general, I think it, especially during this, these times, with the lockdowns we've seen, people just not being able to do things that they want to do, uh, socializing becomes important. We're, we're trying to fill that need. So what was it, because I know you said before that you've lived in 13 different states. What mm -hmm. was it that brought you to Michigan? I was I was living outside of Chicago in Barrington, Illinois, and I was responsible for uh, five states with uh, Blooming Brands. I was a, a joint venture partner. And in that role, you, you develop markets and then eventually the company buys them back from you and I was recruited to come. Uh, my, my former partner here, Mike Gibbons, was the chairman of the National Restaurant Association. So we got to know each other a little bit. And, and his, his role at that time really started expanding in that realm. And I came in 13 years ago to, to run the day-to-day -day operations uh, as a director of operations and a partner and moved 
again, from a, from a big city to the first time I lived in a medium-sized city, Ann Arbor, and uh, was, I think it was a good choice. Uh, certainly pretty cosmopolitan city, but that's how we ended up here back in 2007. So let's go back and talk about, because I know you said you were part of the, you know, you've been a part of the, the restaurant business seemingly all of your life. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about what it was like stepping into the role of actually creating and building a restaurant. Yeah, it, it's been uh, unique because as you just mentioned, I've, I've done it for quite some time, but even in in the roles that I've had in the past, it was surrounded by a great support team, whether it came down to, to construction and design or, or human resources or legal or, or anything else along those lines. So when we did this role, uh, you know, our, our philosophy has always been that, that I think we do a great job of running restaurants and understanding that but we try and outsource everything that we can along those lines. So when I came into this role, you know, when we look at doing a restaurant and we identify a market is typically when we go in and decide, we've got a number of concepts. And so we've got 17 restaurants and, and really, you know, four different concepts, whether it be steak, seafood, American or Italian, and then identify the market and see, see where we think we can make an impact, what might be missing from the market. And then, then kind of tailor our design and menu and concept uh, along those lines. So getting to this role, that was completely different. Before it was, you know, I might identify a, a market in, in Grand Rapids that, that could support a couple of Caravas. And then we just go looking for the sites. And at that point, you turned it over to somebody else, uh, did the design construction. And you came back in, you know, five weeks before you opened up and uh, uh, got a hiring team together and moved forward from there. So much more diverse now. And when you're talking about, because you know, we were talking before a little bit about experiences, what is it that if, if you're going to an area, like you mentioned Grand Rapids, if you're going into that particular area there, what what goes into your thinking process? Not just like, oh, we want to build a restaurant, but I'm, I'm maybe like one level down from that where you're talking about, we want this experience, we want this theme, we want to offer this type of food. What what drives those kind of decisions? Well, I think that... that- we have to fall back on what we've done and what we've done well and what we know. So when I look at that, again, I think we, we identify it more from a market perspective first to say in this market in Grand Rapids, we understand the, dy- the dynamics of it, the demographics of it, the psychographics of it, and, and look to say that's a market we want to be in. And now we, we kind of then focus on, as I mentioned, what's missing. So is there, you know, at the time we, we built the, the chop house there, which has been a number of years ago now, there really was only one other what we considered fine dining steakhouse there, and it was it was really kind of old world where you still needed to you know required to wear a jacket and a, and a tie. So we identified it from that perspective. We knew that the demographics would support a high end restaurant, and then we moved on from there to to really start looking at the design of, of what we we're trying to accomplish with it. Excellent. And so I do want to spend some time and give a little bit of love to the Real Seafood Company because, yeah. to be honest, that's what brought me to your door. I. <laughs> I love that restaurant, and I, I know in California we had access to really good seafood, and when I came back here, I was like, you know, I want that same experience, and someone said, you need to go and check this place out. I I, I love that restaurant. Talk to us a little bit about the, the history of, you know, of that place. Like, when did it get started? Who was, you know, let's talk about, like, why did you decide to put it in Bay City? Okay. You know, Real Seafood is really is the genesis of the whole company. Real Seafood Company started in 1975 here in Ann Arbor, back when, and that's really our namesake when we came up with, with Main Street Ventures. I, it was before my time, but during that time, it was really, you know, that was in the mid, mid to late 70s. 
early 80s when when malls and suburban locations were really booming. And uh, you know, Dennis Saris, who was a, was the original founder of Real Seafood, and then Mike Gibbons, who I mentioned was a, was a chairman of the Restaurant Association, identified some opportunities in downtown markets, which certainly Ann Arbor was one of them and well-supported by the university. And at that point, you know, the, the, the seafood part that you mentioned is something that, that is near and dear to our hearts. Again, we've, we've grown that concept. We have a great one in Toledo. We've got one in, in Naples. Seafood's really been our backbone. We've got a, a seafood restaurant in Fort Myers, another one in, in Charleston, West Virginia. So when you mentioned, mentioned Bay City, but one of the tenements that we've always worked off of is we have to get the best possible product, almost regardless of cost, uh, because I think that whether it's the crisis we went through in, in 2007, 2008, or even now, where we look at it and say, we're not going to deviate from that. We're going to, we still buy all of our George's Bank seafood and oysters and, and mussels and scallops we have flown in from, from Boston, and we'll continue to do that. So that that in the early days it was it was not flown in it was actually a train but so that's been a, it's been a staple here in Ann Arbor for decades now and because of that just like yourself we've we've kind of developed that reputation for that experience when people want traditional New England seafood we certainly have the lake fish and we do perch and whitefish and and the rest of that as well but it, it's all the it's it's given the opportunity for other people to seek us out. And Bay City was one of those opportunities where the developer there, again, in Pete Shaheen, was developing a downtown location and was trying to revive downtown Bay City. And he had known us for a number of years and really been talking to us for a number of years about trying to do something really spectacular on the river uh, up there. And uh, it, through those conversations, we've just grown that relationship and, and decided it was going to be uh, a real, a real uh, good spot to look at another seafood restaurant. So now I know who to thank for bringing this great restaurant to my back door. Yeah, Shaheen, Shaheen family's a strong developers up there. They've been advocates of, of Main Street Ventures for a number of years. And they're also our landlord across down the road in, in Midland with, with the Grazie that's in Midland. Yeah, and I know before we were talking about, you know, the New England style of seafood. And I do have to say, I'm, I'm a little bit of a foodie. And to me, the benchmark of a good seafood place is their lobster bisque i am fanatical about it and i do have really high standards and when when you do have it in your restaurant when it is lobster season you guys do it really well and that's a shameless plug so if you're listening to this right now yeah so you know talk to us a little bit about what drives the menu yeah you know bisque is one of them and i and I'll, I'll always go back to that no matter if i'm talking to you or or, or you know doing an orientation for people so bisque is one of the things that we talk about we've, we've certainly we have fun with it in a way that we've, we've had people over the years come in and say, you know, you serve it a lot of places, we can do it for you. We can you know, do that in our commissary and make it for you. And then we sit down and, and start talking through the recipe with them. And it quickly becomes apparent that they'd have an interest in, in taking live lobsters and breaking them down and starting it from that point. So uh, a lot of bisques out there, you're starting with a, with a lobster base and, and we don't, we start with, with fresh live lobsters. So that that's, it's a hallmark for what we do. And I think that, that goes back, and we've talked about it a little bit. It goes back to the branding. So I think that you know, when we talk about experience, and we don't let loose of our brand. We have to keep a tight fist on on exactly how that's working and what we're what we're shooting for. Now, it, seafood's evolved. Uh, you know, we 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 have to continue to evolve too because the, the younger generation, uh, the millennials and the, 
The rest of them are just have different different desires and different uh, understanding of what they want in seafood. And then, you know, we used to sell just an, an inordinate amount of fresh fish. Um, just have, um, and over the time, that just seemed to have waned, and and for no apparent reason other than it's just not top of mind. People tend to like a more composed dish than they used to. Just get a, you know, broiled piece of fish with some some stewed tomatoes and some uh, red potatoes. So things things change, and you have to evolve with it. You do, and and you know, you bring up something interesting, and in the fact that when I grew up, it seemed like the only way that you could eat fish was deep fried in Crisco, and <laughs> I found that revolting, and. Mm-hmm. I remember I swore off seafood for so many years, but I was living in Florida at the time and uh, there was a great restaurant down there. The name escapes me, but somebody finally convinced me to go. And I actually had, you know, I loved it so much, but you know, the fish was, you know, sometimes it was fried, sometimes it was baked or there was any number of different ways that it could prepared. And I, I discovered that I truly, truly loved seafood. And so you know, again, that's, you know, I hate to, hate to keep bringing this up, but that's what brought me to your door, you know, because yeah. you guys do it and you guys do it really well. And I'm, I'm grateful for that for, for your company. Cause I know you said your uh, main street ventures restaurant group, what are some of the other restaurants that fall under your prov- uh, umbrella? So, you know, we've, we've got, we've got four restaurants here in Ann Arbor, which is, is again, our home base. So right next door on the East side of the street on main street is Palio, which is you know, a casual Italian restaurant. Polly has been around since the early 80s, 81. Great rooftop restaurant. Summertime, we have a rooftop that we open up. It seats another couple hundred people in a normal year. Still, it seats a lot of people this year. It was very popular, but obviously we couldn't do couldn't do uh, the 200 people we normally do up there. You know, across the street, we have the original Chop House as well and the Dolce Vita, which is, the Dolce Vita is a dessert after dinner cocktail bar that's attached to the Chop House. Um, Chop House is, is prime steak, really fine dining, unbelievably great service and they do a wonderful job there and then out on uh, a little bit further out on, the, on on plymouth road we have carson's american bistro and carson's is uh is a casual american style restaurant uh, caters more to those suburban people that are there with their families than not and that's the, the core is that i mentioned seafood's always been our course the, cho- the, the chop houses have, have joined that group and then italian you know we have a number of italian restaurants they may be different names and in all of these cases, the menus typically tend to be about 60 to 75% the same, no matter the market, except for Italians, they vary quite a bit. But we, we cater to that group and, and what people uh, truly want there in those markets. So and as I said, it gives us the opportunity when we do go into a new market to look at it and say, what do we have in, in, the, in the arsenal that, that will work for us here? That's great. And so what I want to do is I want to take a couple minutes and I want to talk about you know, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're like, you know what, I'm actually interested in going to this restaurant. I want to try these, you know, a couple dishes here and I'll put you on the spot. I admit it. If, if I was rolling to, you know, you know, Ann Arbor, I'm, I'm looking forward to spending more time there. So I want to come, I want to check out, uh, Palio. Yep. What would be like, what would be like maybe three things that you would say, if you're going to come to the restaurant, check out these things. They could, you know, they could be staples or it could be like maybe a dish that you wish that people would try. What would you recommend? You know, it's interesting you say that because I had the conversation we had a, as, as everybody's changing and evolving, we had a zoom meeting for all of our dining room managers just, just a week or so ago. And that was part of the conversation because people tend to, to come in and they're not always really adventurous. So they, they tend to go for the same thing all the time. So Part of that conversation was just that we're talking about. If somebody's always coming in and and getting the the bolognese, 
which is a great product, you know, maybe you should, you should get them a little chicken marsala because uh, that's something that I think we do fantastically well. And they may not try it. They may just look at it as, as a pasta house and that's all they ever do. So, you know, to that point, I think that, that, that the chicken marsala is one of those that I think that can be done really well and can be done really poorly. I think we've done a great job with that one at, at, at Polly in particular. So I, you can't have a great Italian restaurant with serving, without serving great pasta. So that goes without saying. I think people understand it. And, and I mentioned the bolognese, which is one. But we have, a, we have a, you know, a pesto that we do really well to go along with that. So, and then, uh, you know, the Capellini Compolo Fungi, which is our Capellini roasted forest mushrooms and grilled chicken is a, is a fan favorite as well. Something that you don't typically see a lot of places. Excellent. So you're talking about the chicken marsala, the bolognese, and the Capellini. Yep. Sweet. So I got three things to check out. Let's talk about, let's talk about uh, Carson's American Bistro. What would be some dishes you'd recommend people would try if they went there? Carson's is interesting. Again, it, it catered a little bit more to that suburban crowd and it's, the number one thing, which always kind of surprised me, we have a great chopped salad. And it, no matter what we add to the menu, change to the menu, it always comes out as a number one seller. So, you know, even even when I go there, even my wife and I will go and we'll we'll get a chopped salad to split and, and then, you know, maybe, maybe a burger. So it, it's known for, again, number one thing is chopped, it, is that it's got great prime rib, but the sandwiches are in that range too. Uh, uh, really strong burgers with uh, prime prime beef that we use on our burgers, which really creates quite a quite a flavor profile there. Excellent. So you're talking about chop salad, the prime rib, and your burgers. Can't beat them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sweet. And and I do want to go back because I want to talk a couple more about restaurants. But you said something that really struck mm-hmm. me because it was a conversation that I had uh, just recently where you know there's there's some restaurants that I will go to and. I will try everything that's on the menu because I absolutely enjoy it. There's other restaurants that I go to that I that I found a dish that I absolutely love and I'm scared to death to try something else because I don't know if I'm going to love it and I don't want to leave the restaurant regretting that I didn't get that dish that I know would taste good. No, it, it's it's all the time and I think that that's why I you know it's kind of what we talked about too going back to why why I think some of our people do this, why I do it where you can you can expand that horizon, whether it's you talking about, you know, deep fried fish and somebody, you know, convincing you that you might want to try something and, and fish isn't supposed to smell like fish when you get it at the table. So you're having that ability to say, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten that dish every time you have seen you over the last six months. Let's, let's try something else. And I'll, Be brave. I've always been, been happy to say, listen, try it. If you don't like it, it's on me. And I'm, not, I'm convinced you're going to like it though. Yeah. And that's something, that is something there that, that I will admit that I'm, I, I am working on, but you know, here we go. So real seafood company, one of the places that I love to go in there and I love to try the different dishes, but what would be, what would be three things that you would recommend people would try? Sure. So, you know, one of the things that is unusual, but it is, it, it's pan, pan fried. And I know we just talked about that, but it's Parmesan crusted flounder, which has been a, a fan favorite for decades one that we've we've brought on the menu in the recent past, and I mentioned this is kind of the, these composed dishes have kind of taken front and center, which is a miso glazed sea bass, fantastic light flaky uh, white fish uh, that's, that's miso marinated. But you know, I think a true test is is trying to get uh, to have some paella in a, in, a, in a restaurant and seeing how well they can do that. A lot of people do it, but you got to get it done right. You got to take your time to cook it. You want that little crunch to the you know, those little crunchy pieces of rice around the outside that make it special. Yeah, because paella is one of those dishes that is an absolute labor of love. 
Yeah. You know, it's not something that you can just quick whip up, zing it in the microwave. So, no, absolutely, and you've got to understand that. As I said, uh, you've got to be able to willing as a, as a as a restaurateur to say, I understand that this dish is not going to be pushed out of here in ten minutes. It's going to take some time to do it right. Yeah, but but we're committed to doing that. Again, I've always found too, if you go to a table and say, listen, you know, you got the paella tonight. It's going to take us twenty minutes, but it's going to be right, and you're going to really enjoy it. People people like to hear that that you're doing things the right way. And that, uh, they're not upset by that, anyway. Yeah, and I think as long as you know, we're, and we're talking a little bit here, almost of managing those expectations. So if you just let them know that, you know, this is going to be a dish and it's going to be worth it. You know, people wait; they'll have another cocktail. You hmm. know, and you know, and from my experience, anyways, fine dining is not something that can be rushed. No, absolutely, and I think that the worst possible thing you can do is avoid telling people what's going on. Uh, no excuses. I'm not going to go and say. You know, I'm, I'm two people short in the kitchen, but just being honest with people and telling them what's going on and, and making sure that at the end of the day, it's right. The worst thing you can do is have it take an extra amount of time and not be what they wanted. Yeah, exactly. And I do want to go back because I've seen the miso glaze sea bass on your menu and I've been hesitating to get it because yeah. you described it as light and flaky. Every sea bass I've ever tried has not been that. So I, I will I will commit that the next time I go, I will have the sea bass. <laughs> Well, you will not be disappointed. I guarantee you that you know how to get hold of me. And it's on me if, if we screw that up. <laughs> I might have to hold you to that. And, and as you can tell, I am ridiculously hungry at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, talking about food and, and that's just made it, uh, that's just made it even worse. So, okay, great. So we're talking about from the Real Seafood Company, uh, the Parmesan Crusted Flounder, tried and true favorite, the Miso Glaze Sea Bass and the Paella. Absolutely. Yep. Sweet. Absolutely love it. So here's the deal, Kevin. I know you've got all these restaurants going on um, and stuff, and I'm, I'm just going to, if people want to you know, follow you know, what it is that you're doing or, or keep up with these restaurants or, or whatever it is, they want to check them out. What's, what's the best way for them to do that? You know, we're on all the social media stuff, but the best way is just going straight to our website, Macy Ventures Restaurants, Restaurant Group, excuse me. And you, you're going to be able to find everything from there. You know, we were in the process of it's taken a little bit longer with COVID, but getting in the process of updating those and moving forward. But that's really the best the best way. And again, I, on all the social media sites, each each restaurant has their own Instagram account. So we try and, you know, I've already mentioned branding, but we, one of the things we don't want people to do, I think people understand when they come into one of our restaurants that it is one of our restaurants. But even on the restaurants that I think if you've been to Bay City, and I think you mentioned that, if you walked into that real seafood and you walked into the real seafood here in Ann Arbor, completely different look and feel to those restaurants and that's on that's intentionally done but i think at the end of the dining experience you you understand that it's a main street ventures restaurant group restaurant excellent yes and for our audience we will make sure to include uh those links in the show notes down below kevin it's been great wrapping with you today and talking mm-hmm. about food and right now i can start licking my hand because i'm so hungry thank you so much uh for being on the podcast today and talking to us no problem i, I appreciate doing it and, and you know it, one thing I would just wrap up with too, and I know that during these times, you know, with with COVID, that there's a lot of stress, uh, not only on on people coming out to dinner, but I've certainly seen it from from our perspective and our manager perspectives. But you know, I think as an industry, we're uniquely situated to handle uh, what's going on right now. You know, other than the and and, and I really bless the the healthcare workers that are out there, but you know, we deal with with sanitation and keeping people safe on an ongoing basis. So. Uh, not that it's easy, but this is something that we've been able to do well. And I think that try and make sure you get out there and, and, and especially your fans support your local restaurant, local 
local bar, the servers, bartenders, and the rest. So we certainly need the help right now. Yes, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. And nothing pleases me more than going to you know these local restaurants and seeing them you know full, seeing them with with people that you know are being and brave and and heading out. And I was actually at the Real Seafood Company. I want to say it was maybe two or two and a half months ago. And I I give your staff kudos, mm-hmm. give them props because you know the the you guys are. I mean, this is a trying time. Totally acknowledge that. And your staff did a great time of really minimizing that. So that way we could really just enjoy the enjoy the experience. You know, it was basically just like it was before this whole thing happened. So I will give a hat tip to you and your staff for, for making that happen. And, and thank you for that. Well, I appreciate hearing that. And again, I, I know people, I look at it, there's, there, were, there were three groups of people this summer. There were the ones that that we're willing to come in and dine with us and socially distanced. And, you know, we've upgraded all of our HVAC systems with, you know, iWave to, to take care of some things and some other issues and UV. But there's people that were willing to come in. There's people that were only willing to eat outside. Now that, although this weekend is supposed to be beautiful, now that that, that weather's gone away, we're seeing a transition to, to-go food. And I think that everyone, including us, has stepped up our game on, on doing to-go and doing it well. Um, so it's just another avenue that you can that you can support, support your local restaurants. Sure. Excellent. And uh, once again, Kevin, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for Talk to you. Appreciate it. Hey everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe to our email newsletter. When you subscribe, you'll get new episode announcements. You'll get all kinds of great behind the scenes information on upcoming guests. Plus you'll receive special offers from our guests and partners that you can only get through the email newsletter. Subscribing is quick, easy, and best of all, it is free. Just go to callofleadership.com slash email, type in your email address, and you're done. Once again, that's callofleadership.com slash email. I'll catch you in the next episode.